This is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. CJ Watson and the mothers of desperation discuss ongoing work behind the scenes of their sketch comedy channels and the upcoming web series, The Bunny Rabbit Tragedies. Bunny rabbits and vampires and onions living together? Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all, hope it's been a great year Desperate Mothers is bringing in the cheer The stockings are hung and the tree is lit And Santa is coming with all the gifts We've done a lot this year but just begun The Bunny Rabbit Tragedies is on the run CJ, Adam, and Jack We got a lot coming up and we guarantee that We miss the deadlines but what else is new We're perfectionists at what we do Merry Christmas to all, hope it's been a great year We're looking forward to the 2015 premiere Okay, Happy New Year, everybody. This is uh, CJ Watson. And this is Jack Fisher. Uh, with the 2015 edition of the Desperate Mothers podcast. Uh, Jack, did you get a chance to listen to the, the holiday song? I did. I, I thought that the, the, the fiver was, was amazing. It was pretty good, and the way that uh, he really nailed the the fact that we missed the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> now, did you did you give him any background information, or did he ad lib? And oh, I, I told him some of the stuff that we faced in, in uh, a message. And, you know, who we were and what we do and how sometimes we have problems with missing the deadlines. And, and you know, the end was coming up. And he just ran with it and just nailed that. So that was pretty awesome. That was pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> it made me not feel totally bad for missing the December. self The self-imposed premiere. So, yeah. But otherwise, he was pretty good. And I definitely want to hit him up again for a regular song. Um, and we'll do that soon because I want to get a new DJ bump and some radio bumps and some ends and if uh, anything else, at least the podcast will sound polished. <laughs> the uh, the intro music will sound polished. Yeah, yeah, not the actual <laughs> this part. This part will still suck. So uh, both of you people who are learning your English from us in India, thanks for listening. <laughs> So December we had, uh, I think, 22, 22 unique downloads. Yeah. Well, that's that's a huge spike. That's crazy big. It probably has to do with being picked up on iTunes. Yeah. I mean, not that they turn anybody away. <laughs> <laughs> there are still like one and two solo podcasts. If you like look through the podcasts they carry, there's still some like productions that had one or two podcasts in 2005 and they never podcast again. <laughs> I, uh, iTunes still hasn't dropped them off their list. So they're not that discerning. Well, I mean, you know, there's really no reason for them to get rid of them. Right. I mean, having all those podcasts at the very least increases their library and their depth. Um, and maybe their user base. Who knows? I mean, they're not hosting any of it. It's really just uh, RSS feed pointers. So would you call the process of uh, getting on iTunes cumbersome, simple, easy, 
manageable oh, for, for a tech savvy person it's pretty easy um i could see it cumbersome for someone who doesn't know how to do the ins and outs of of having their podcast hosted and stuff but there's pretty much a lot of wikis out there that walk you through the process and there's free services i went with a liber- liberated syndication libsyn for the podcast because i wanted you know a little bit more control and a little high quality servers and stuff but you could definitely do it freebie on uh, like archive.org or maybe even amazon web services yeah i was looking at that i just i just wanted the freedom that a, a good paid host with an awesome reputation has so they even have apps we can distribute if we get to the point where we want to. So like, you, you could brand the Desperate Mothers app and uh, have it feed the podcast? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They Sweet. definitely have that. So if we get to the point where we maybe get 100 subscribers, we might do something like that. Or, you know, 1,000 or, yeah, no. I say or more, but <laughs> come on. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see uh, who jumps on board you, when. You got to dream, man. You, you, uh, you have to imagine videos. big things. Yeah. yeah, when there's actual videos up, we'll see. Right now, um, we're still struggling to keep the members of the Desperate Mothers that we had when we started. Maybe add a couple more. If you notice, this is episode 15. Well, there, there was a new face in December. Or That's not the first time that Ray had podcasted with you, though. It actually is. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we talked about it a lot. We talked about doing music and stuff, but with his job and everything, it's really busy. And December, he had off, so we, we thought, oh, it'd be fun to, to try the podcast. And we did a podcast over Skype. Okay. And we recorded our microphones on the computers on the separate tracks from the Skype phone call. And then I just, we uploaded them to one, or I had him upload his... uh mp3 track or his wave file actually i mean i could be sitting at home and not having to look at your smelly ass provided you got a good microphone and recorder damn it <laughs> that's what i was thinking if we can like group <laughs> skype none of the mothers have to come together at all <laughs> this would be so much easier if i didn't have to look at you <laughs> well with skype you kind of have to look you can minimize the window yeah you can mute the picture <laughs> yeah yeah so Maybe something we'll work on because I, I think uh, it will increase the the regularity of the podcast. Though we are pretty regular. I mean, we've missed a couple weeks. It's a lot of fiber. Of the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a lot of BS. <laughs> Keeps you kind of regular. So, yeah, Ray joined us, uh, joined me for a podcast so we can kind of work the bugs out. And I kind of sprang it on him because he had been mentioning he wanted to do it. And I want to get him involved at least in a little bit more because he has written some music for the show and i think i don't know if i've played his version of the theme music for you so i i think i remember you uh playing that it must have been at least half a year ago well we also had another composer write a theme song for the bunny rabbit tragedies mm-hmm. so i've got two right now now i i what i remember is a kind of Heavy metal. Well, they're both kind of heavy metal. Yeah. They really are. Okay. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I really want to use more of his music in the show, at least at the end. Um, and if he gets to the point where he can play right now, because he's, he's just post surgery on a carpal tunnel. Mm-hmm. So he's got to recover from that. 
but he had a lot of music written previously. So we got to to practice podcasting over the internet. I didn't really have a good dynamic USB microphone. I have a a good USB condenser microphone, but I did not want to pick up every sound in my house. So I ended up, believe it or not, using a cheap Logitech um, rock band branded. (laughs) (laughs) That's called the creative repurposing. (laughs) Hey, it's a USB microphone, and uh, the pickup pattern was nice. It works for me, man. Yeah, yeah, so that was fun. Um, And maybe we can get into the group Skype and try that. But like I said... You need a good USB microphone. You need to be kind of comfortable recording. But, you know, on the Macs, they have GarageBand. Uh, and if you're in the PC world, uh, I did it using... I actually did it using Audacity on the Mac. Just because I'm really well-versed in Audacity on the PC. And I wanted to try it on the Mac. And it's pretty much the same. So, good freebie software. Excellent. So, in a pinch, if we're all on location and we can't get together, we definitely have a recording solution. And break out your your old rock band stuff. Um, right, yeah. Don't throw those rock band microphones away. They'll be good for something. Well, I never I throw anything have, away. Yeah, yeah. I know you have at least a couple. Two, three. Who's counting? So, USB, and there you go. Just get yourself a, a cheap uh, mic stand, and you at least have that level of recording quality. Um, other than that, as you know, I posted the Christmas episode. Yes. Uncut. Yeah, that was uh, that was entertaining in its own way. Right, right. Well, it kind of brings me back to the first episode of the Desperate Mothers podcast when we kind of hemmed and hawed and were like getting in front, of, getting comfortable in front of the microphones. Um, so it had that kind of painfulness to it. There is something to be said for uh, doing this on a regular basis. You, you definitely become more comfortable uh, speaking to imaginary people. Well, in our case, a little more imaginary than others. But uh, Right, right. The people we're talking to are like almost 100% imaginary. Yes. <laughs> the audience is in our head. I, I hope we get to the point where one day people come back and maybe ten or 20,000 people want to listen to the old episodes. And we're like... Who are these jokers talking to? <laughs> you, in the future. We're talking to you, our, our future fans. We know you exist. You simply must. And if you don't, we will apparently wish you into existence. It's like the gift. Never saw it. The Wish Program. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about it once. Uh, I think we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. If you're listening to us from the future, know that we wished you into existence. <laughs> Prior to our show, you were nothing more than, uh, you know, cosmic background background radiation. Right, right. Because, you know, as we all know, the world only exists to us, to ourselves. And once you leave the room, you don't exist anymore because the universe is totally me. And the great thing about that is no one can prove otherwise. That's right. And we are all correct. <laughs> So, yeah, so the Christmas episode went up, and the first I thought the first 30 minutes were actually halfway decent. Yeah. Like, they start off as an old podcast, and then we meandered and 
crashed and burned. And as I told Ray on the podcast, I thought, oh, there's no way this is going to see the light of day. But then I felt like uh, giving. I was in the Christmas spirit. And I thought, you know what? People need to embrace the sock. People need to, to see the train wrecks so that they appreciate the Picassos. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I like to go see creators' early stuff and sometimes like to see how they've made that progression from total suck to not half bad to, hey, I don't hate this guy anymore. <laughs> I don't know if, hey, I don't hate this guy anymore is higher or lower on a scale above or below not half bad well yeah it's it kind of gets into that area of is it better to be loved hated or feared well all those are better than not having any listeners I ignored yeah. Yeah, yeah so we'll get there hopefully with some odd videos coming up um and some uh bunny rabbit videos coming up it, you would seem to be dangerously close to uh being able to produce some some actual video yeah i have script and uh i have plan for uh actually finishing harold's beak this weekend i have a fast plan and going back to uh the old plaster of paris sometimes the old technologies are the best yeah i've got the beak sculpted out of uh clay and instead of using a mold for uh, a vacuform machine which didn't work out too well and and it's not something I've given up on, but I, I need to finish this. And I know I can do it with uh, plaster this weekend. Well, the vacuum form is going to it's gonna pay dividends in the future. Right. Maybe not the immediate future. Plus, it, it's definitely going <clears throat> to be used for uh, the bunny rabbit eyes. When I need to make molds of the eyes, I need to mass produce eyes. Because I'm going to need to do higher quality eyes, especially when I get into a blinking mechanism. So definitely going to be doing that. And I need to be able to, to do the interchangeable eyes. I'm going to have the, the main eye, and then I'm going to have an a eye that goes over it. And to make a perfect fit, I'm going to have to use a vacuum form machine for that. Because I just cannot buy a ping pong ball and then another ping pong ball two millimeters larger that fits perfectly over it. I'm going to have to make those. Mm. So the blinking mechanism, is that going to be like a bicycle handbrake? cable sort of thing yeah yeah actually a, a lot of the puppet mechanisms are based on those uh, uh i think they're called bogan cables mm -hmm. um so yeah the directional ears and the blinking eyes and the stuff that i want to see in season two or when someone gives us enough money because they really want to see season one done right <laughs> then uh yeah I'll use those for that. And, and there's some custom parts I'm going to need to make, like the eyes. I'm going to have to custom make the eyes. Because I do like the idea of having the vampire eyes fit over the regular eyes. I think that works nicely. And, and you can make it so it doesn't interfere with the blinking mechanism because there's some distance between the eye, the moving eyelid and the eye underneath. So, yeah, so, so it's not just going to be contact lenses stuck on ping pong balls. No, it's going to be ping pong balls stuck on ping pong balls. Okay. We <laughs> hand-painted, dilated vampire pupil ping pong balls stuck over regular bunny rabbit eyeball ping pong balls. Covered with custom-made articulated lids. Yes. Yeah, I actually have the plans for those. We can go over those one day. I could, I could show you those. Um, 
I actually have a lot of plans for those. There's one really complex one that looks sturdy as heck that I got from this uh, renowned puppet builder, and I can't remember his name right now. And I'll, I'll shoot a shout out to him later on because his plans are amazing. And then there's a whole bunch of DIY plans that involve coat hanger wire and bending, and those are even serviceable though. So yeah, we'll definitely go over that. Um, the only other mechanism I haven't uh, thought about too much right now, I mean, that I know I'm going to want to do, but I haven't worked it out, is Harold. If we make Harold again for a redo of season one, then I want the big owl eyes to be able to move. Or blink. I, owl eyes don't move, right? I have no clue. I don't, I don't believe owl eyes move. That's why their heads swivel. So I haven't met an owl recently. Well, I have, but he wasn't alive when I met him. Hmm. There was an owl out back who, like, hooted and woke me up every morning. And I guess he just got too close to our backyard, and my dog pounced him. He was probably an elderly owl. They don't normally succumb to... Uh, dog pouncing? Dog pouncing, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So that happened, and then the owl disappeared. And I absolutely did not touch it because apparently I think it's a federal offense to mm. have, be in possession of an owl. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about the protection of animals. And you, so, you, so that you cannot claim the owl just died. And so I have it's all its feathers and beaks and stuff. You can't be in possession of any um, native North American owl or eagle or hawk or kind of body parts i looked that up when i was trying to buy owl feathers and it was like you can't that's good to know yeah so uh don't traffic in the illicit uh purchasing of owl feathers or any other domestic native american fowl of course i could be wrong and someone's like googling that right now and they're going to text me or Twitter me. Hey, dumb fuck, you're wrong. I eat owls for breakfast. It's totally legit. I raise babies and eat their eggs. Y you'd just be happy to get a text about the show. Truth. <laughs> that would be awesome. I need to start insane, some really insane stuff to just to make somebody horribly angry at me. And they would send me a text or uh, a comment on my Twitter page or something at desperatemothers.net which I made sure that email address still works like anything anything I have a catch-all at desperatemothers.net that comes to a specific address nobody has written me anything and of course I'm available uh, at CJ Watson on Twitter so yes I have CJ Watson on Twitter so if you're friends with a basketball player ha <laughs> that's not me <laughs> i'm not fit i'm not tall i'm not good looking but damn it i have cj watson on twitter it's bound to happen eventually that uh, my name will be famous just i didn't make it famous somebody else did and he plays a basketball and he's a millionaire <coughs> So, 
You were talking about Carlsbad Caverns on your trip. Yes. So over the past couple of weeks, I have driven over 3,000 miles. And during that journey, I, uh, I made a pilgrimage to, uh, to Carlsbad Caverns. And I say pilgrimage because uh, it was pretty much a religious experience, and I may find myself going back there occasionally. Now, was there a reason to go to Carlsbad Caverns other than it was there and on it, your way? It was on the way, yes. Okay. Um, we were looking for a way to break up our our drive into more enjoyable segments and I've always wanted to go to a big cave and well it's a guy thing I, I don't know if it's a guy thing because I mean we we seek out caves yeah but I normally look for small moist warm caves okay. and well I heard that Carlsbad is warm and moist it well, this time of year, actually year round, it's 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 pretty cold. It's like fifty something degrees inside there, and it's definitely moist. It's humid in there. Okay. Um, but we are not talking about a, a small cave. We are talking about uh, something that definitely deserves the title cavern. It was cavernous, miles and miles of caverns. Dripping with stalactites and stalagmites, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure that I saw my uh, my Lord Cthulhu several times. So uh, I did see some pictures, and I would say that there are definitely Cthulhu influences in the caverns. Yes, um, you know evidence that there is a a creator out there, even if he's not the uh, the one that most uh, Americans think of. And inasmuch, he does not care about you one little bit. Not uh, not in the least. Which is very... It makes a lot of sense for someone who's the Great Pinnacle, Ancient One. Um, I always thought there was an episode of the Brady Bunch where they went to Carlsbad Caverns, but I don't, I don't think that was it. I think I'm probably confusing the Hawaii episode. <laughs> the Hawaii episode. Yeah. Okay. Then there was a cave in the Hawaii. Probably. And yeah. a tiki god and a tarantula. Okay. Probably this cave because I, I looked it up on uh, on the Google, and I, I don't see the Brady Bunch Carlsbad Cavern episode. There, there should have been. There should, definitely should have been. Well, every show should have a Carlsbad Caverns episode. Well, the Brady kids went to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And they got locked in that jail cell. Okay. And they went to Hawaii, and they offended the locals by, I guess, assuming they all prayed to a tiki god, and some great tarantula spirit visited Bobby or Cindy or something like that. I don't know. I was a kid. I mean, I think I'm remembering it way cooler than it was. I, I think you may be remembering it through a veil of mushrooms or something, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Go to Hawaii, pray to the tiki god, and uh, a tarantula apparition will visit you in your sleep and grant you superpowers. That would be a better episode than probably what happened. But, no, no, they should have went to the cavern. Well, they should have, because it's miles, literally miles of caverns. You said you trekked how many hours? Uh, we explored the caverns for about six hours. Wow. And we probably 
touched about half of the available caverns. And not most of it is available, right? I mean, is it like... There, there are definitely areas where you can't go. There are well-defined pathways that you have to stay on. Um, uh, you may or may not know this, but uh, the cavern environment is actually fairly delicate. Mm -hmm. um, and Like coral? Yeah, yeah, kind of like, uh, a lot like coral. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have... Especially if you have people that are, you know, trying to take home mementos and touching stuff, and uh, it's really easy for the environment to be damaged. Now, the the thing that saves it is that there is just so much of it, uh, because for many years after uh, Carlsbad Caverns became a national park, they didn't really regulate what the visitors did inside there. Because that was like in the forties or fifties. Forties, yeah. And so. Americans didn't protect anything right. in those days. Yeah. It was like, take a piece home, there's more. Exactly. And, you know, when you take a stalactite and you remove it from the cave environment, uh, it starts to decay pretty much immediately. Mm -hmm. So what you have is traces of dust that formerly inhabited the caverns. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, I'm definitely planning on going back. Um, it was... It was pretty um, – most most of the uh, the tours are given a rating uh, of, like, easy to difficult, and we stayed on the, the easy to moderate stuff. Um, okay, is it, like, based on the hike or the It's incline? based on uh, the inclines that you're traversing. Um, there are some pretty significant inclines – if you hike in or out the natural entrance, uh, going in, it's about an hour and a half hike. Going out, you can count on a, a two-hour hike going out. Hmm. And it it gets very physical. So how big were the worm gods that made these holes? You, you know, I, I can estimate that uh, they the old ones that made these caverns were at least the size of blue whales. That's crazy. So really, um, they were made by what? Just uh, water running through and then formation forming in the caverns? Or? The, the water and the natural acidity in the water, um, I'm sure there's a term for the, the type of water. That's... The way it's cut through the Grand Canyon. And... Uh, the Grand Canyon is more just a... a a force of erosion. Mm -hmm. uh, this has a lot to do with the active uh, acidic components of the water, just eating away at the limestone. And uh, so, is it runoff, or is there like a giant pool somewhere under the caverns, or does it feed into? There's there's definitely a lot of water and moisture. Um, in in most parts of the caverns, you constantly hear water dripping, and you'll frequently see pools of water. And it can give you kind of an interesting optical illusion because you'll have a flat surface of water and you'll have the lighting that they've put up for the caverns. And you look at the water and you see a reflection and it looks like there, there's another great cavern just below you. Yeah. Uh, it's really it, a reflection of... It's really a reflection off the, off the pools of water. But you have this feeling like at any moment the crust beneath your feet can collapse and you're going to <laughs> fall into another immense cavern the same size as the one that, that you're standing in. That would be crazy. Yeah. So did you see that movie, The Descent? No. 
girl hikers, spelunkers, they go down and they explore caverns. Oh, oh that my, you should have seen it before you went there. Because then they encounter these uh, subterranean creatures that the descent. Yeah, I'll I'll add it to my list of stuff. It I is actually see. a really smart uh, horror movie because there's a decent. There's actually pre, for a horror movie, it's pretty good interpersonal relationships being um, revealed throughout the, the the movie as the characters are murdered. <laughs> so there's character development as well as. Character dismemberment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you, you develop a character, get the audience to feel for them, and then you dismember them. I mean, it, it's good writing that way. I mean, I haven't seen Descent two, but there's no way it could have lived up to the greatness of the Descent one. You know, and and it was very you know underground subterranean predator creatures attacking the girls that were spelunking, and they were like way too pretty to be like hardy cave dwelling cave spelunking girls you know they look like they're like hollywood actresses who's just bikini models yeah yeah so but i mean the writing was surprisingly good but you know that that's not such a terrible thing in casting you know no no because you know it's just like real life right the most interesting people in real life are your ugly fuckers you know they say bonnie and clyde were, were fairly attractive people but they were fairly attractive people for outlaw scumbags. <laughs> you know, outlaw scumbags weren't typically good-looking people. Um, so, you know, Hollywood makes a movie, and they want people to actually go see the movie, so they don't cast ugly people. <laughs> they cast pretty people. You're going to want to go see pretty people. You're not going to want to see you know, ugly scumbags committing terrible crimes. You want to see pretty people looking super cool, kind of like... Having adventures that just are happening to be against the law. <laughs> you got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Dear God, please edit that. <laughs> it was like the only... Uh, there were two good things about the King Kong remake. One was... Uh, what's her name? Um, the blonde that uh, King Kong falls in love with and rescues. Um, she was just in St. Vincent, Naomi Judd. Yeah. And the other was the line that the Hollywood actor gives, I think it's Jack Black, when he says, we have to rescue her from, from whatever dangers is. And he's like, I'm not a hero, I'm an actor. Heroes don't look like this. Heroes look like you. So I thought that was kind of... Unique. Was that Adrian Brody? Yes, yes, thank you. Adrian Brody, yeah. So I thought that was a cool Hollywood line, you know? Um, I paraphrased, of course, because I can't... My, my brain is... Swiss cheese would give me too much structural integrity. Well, you know, it's a good thing that... We're not all brilliant and good-looking because then nothing would get done. Yeah, well, I, I think if you're actually good-looking, you probably don't feel that impetus to be, become brilliant. <laughs> I think you look in the mirror one day, and if, and if you're not fortunate enough to be handsome or striking in appearance, you're like, 
Wow, you better be interesting. <laughs> if you hope to procreate and get friends and, and success, you better find a reason for people to like want to be around you and have you around. I went for interesting. I'm not so sure I succeeded. <laughs> I just decided not to procreate. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to get jobs too, so I needed to kind of be interesting. Um, if I were good looking, my podcast would have more listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> well, f- Photoshop does wonders. Yeah. No. No, I mean, when when people tell me who I look like, it's never really flattering. You know, a young, I got John Candy. Older, I got Michael Moore. <laughs> and that was just me. <laughs> <clears throat> and nicely when it, when people are nice they give me Phillips and Will Hoffman which I actually kind of didn't like at first but I'm okay with now not that he's dead because that sucks because now I can't pretend to be him unless I'm going to pretend to be the Phillips and Will Hoffman zombie which would actually prove pretty fucking funny if we're a Halloween costume Should I have to file this one away? I have to include this in like the description of the podcast. <laughs> Halloween costume. Philip Seymour Hoffman zombie. <laughs> From oh man, it's too bad he didn't do like a real did he do a really good character piece? Oh man. Philip Seymour Hoffman. If he would have done like, you know, um, Willy Wonka or something, that would have been the shit. You know. Maybe the master, but I'll have to look that up. I think one of my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman movies is Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah. I mean, he's a great, he was a great actor. He really was. I, uh, just about everything he did was awesome. Um, that was a good movie. I did like The Master. I think The Master was a little bit... Um, a little bit gutless on the side of what it really was. Didn't um, hit hard enough? It did not. If you're going to make that movie, which is so obvious about um, um, the L. Ron Hubbard, so obviously an L. Ron Hubbard movie, you really should have just hit home with it. But I think it's because of the fact that it's going to like piss off a lot of Scientologists. Which means it's going to piss off a fair amount of your potential cast members yeah yeah our agents and stuff i don't know i don't know how deep scientology goes in hollywood i mean i respect every religion for for the people that practice it because that's what you really have to do you know i i don't see any reason why you know their crazy stories any less valid than other people's crazy story right i mean seriously i i have to totally agree with that i mean just because you can trace it back to the origin of one guy you know eventually you can't you can always do that i mean um being raised pentecostal like i was uh they trace my religion's origin story back to some long-haired hippie and 12 of his buddies who just refused to work and tried to get like everybody to like join their club (laughs) so you know and it goes Further back than that, or, or even not that far. I mean, because I think the Muslims, they've, they've got their guy who says, you know, yeah, you know, Jesus, he was a rocking dude. He wasn't the son of him. He was a little mistaken. 
but uh, it's okay. He's a good philosopher. He's a, he was totally a good philosopher, and uh, Muhammad could set him straight. I mean, if he had the chance. So you're down with that. And I'm like, okay. Okay, and, you know, <clears throat> I'm cool with Kwanzaa. I think the dashikis rock. I wanted to buy one this year. Yeah. But I couldn't find a place that sold my size. They're all pretty slim. Hmm. It's just it's a festive color thing. Yeah. Those are fun. Santa hat and a dashiki. Yeah, that that's definitely a good look. I think so. It's festive as all get out. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I think they really missed the mark with the Philip Seymour Hoffman and the Master. I think they could have really, like, hammered at home and, and stressed some things out. Instead, of they just played up the whole fast-talking, smooth, charlatan-type guy and... Whatever it was, it was good. I mean, the characters were good. Now the thing, the thing that's most amazing is that I have not seen the movie, and that's amazing because I know it has it, your girl in it. it. It's got Amy Adams in it. Yeah, and I try to pretty much see everything that has Amy Adams in it. Yeah, they were an odd pairing. It really was. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't bode well for people that compare me to him because that means then me and Amy don't really got a chance. <laughs> Or at least you and the character that Amy portrayed. Sure. Not that my wife would give me a chance. I am absolutely certain that if I ever had a chance with Amy Adams that uh, I could teach Lisa to share. (laughs) Well, you know, men say crazy things when you dangle the pearly gates in front of them. Sure. Yeah, just, you know, I love my wife. I would never leave her, but uh, we could definitely uh, make room in the relationship. Well, it's not like it's going to happen on a long-term basis. Yeah, there's no chance of it ever happening, so. I mean, once Amy Adams comes out of that fog, she's not going to repeat the same mistake. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm not going to pull a Bill Cosby on anybody, but... Sometimes vodka has that effect. <laughs> yeah, I've always preferred my uh, relationships on the consensual side. Yeah, or at least the awake side. <laughs> well, I guess one begets the other. I hope, anyway. <laughs> if if your sexual partner is awake, I'm hoping they consent. So, where did I? I digressed from. Uh, um, we we got on the subject of uh, what celebrity you look like. I'm not sure how we got there. Uh, King Kong, Jack Black, then Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So for the Christmas episode, I really wanted to get a whole bunch of us together and and, and do some fun things, but. As you know, a lot of us didn't get together. You know, some of the mothers were working or otherwise preoccupied. And we had that whole fruitcake fiasco. Which the big fiasco was there was not enough fruitcake. Yeah, there were only two. Uh, and uh, the bakery one, I, I did find out it was indeed from Walmart. Yeah. So, so the other one, the old time one, that was really, I was impressed with it. 
I know you didn't work because you know sweet as hell. Yeah, but so I had the idea. Well, we do that, and then we would do things like we compare the new Twinkies with you know the, classic Twinkies. Well, I would, but no, everybody like. Have you tried to buy a box of classic Twinkies? Uh, not recently. So hard to find. Yeah. And then people on a premium. And they're not good anymore. I mean, Twinkies don't stay good for 20 years, like they said. They're big, fat liars. Yeah. Twinkies have an expiration date on them. You can still eat them later, but you probably should not. <laughs> it's like Peeps. Christmas pass. And, you know, Peeps is a Christmas kind of candy. Christmas and Easter, yeah. Christmas and Easter, yeah, yeah. For some reason, the baby Jesus is closely tied to a marshmallow yeah. in the shape of... To fluffed sugar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that says about Christians. Probably heaven, the fluffy little clouds, and something Bob Ross-like. You know, the cream too. No. Anyway, so last year, <laughs> I got... These gingerbread peeps, and they're the cutest thing. They look like a little gingerbread man, and when you ate them, they tasted just like gingerbread. They were really, really delicious and tasty peeps. This year, I discovered that we still had a package around from last year. And you tried one. 12-month-old peep. At least 12-month-old. Yeah. And I did try one. I actually tried two. Because... Your teeth didn't break the first one you tried? It wasn't rock hard. No. But it wasn't as fluffy as normal. And and you wanted to rule out the possibility that that was a statistical anomaly. By eating the second one. By eating the second one. Yes. Well, you ate one from the outside and then one from the inside. And you didn't need to eat the other one on the other side because that one's also from the outside. Um, the one thing I did discover is, though, the peeps lose the strength of their flavor over 12 calendar months. Okay. So I didn't die, but it wasn't quite as uh, gingerbready as the original. But it, it still tasted of gingerbread. And uh, so you could at least eat peeps a, a year later. Well, I'm sure the uh, the chemicals that they put into flavor it like gingerbread had, you know, decomposed into other compounds. I did, however, find some uh, jelly beans from Easter. During my Christmas decoration um, extravaganza, and uh, I did eat some of those. Now, jelly beans, I think, would be relatively safe. Except for that shellac business. They say they spray jelly beans with shellac. Yeah. And shellac is like dung beetle excrement. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can look it up on the Internet. It always tells the truth. <laughs> I read it on the internets. <laughs> so, I'm getting to Twinkies. I wanted to do a comparison of Twinkies. Since I can't do a comparison of Twinkies with old Twinkies and new Twinkies, I can do a comparison of Twinkies with Twinkies made by the new company and Little Debbie Cloud Cakes. Now, I don't know if you know the Little Debbie brand like all the rest of us, but growing up, Little Debbie was... Oh, of course. Like... The generic, cheap version of Hostess Everything. I mean, uh, yeah, they might be around for a lot of things. And they might nail a couple of things. Like uh, the peanut butter wafer cookies. Those are awesome. Or the the oatmeal cream sandwiches. Those are great. I was always fond of the chocolate 
Swiss roll or do you like? Okay, so do you like the Little Debbie Swiss rolls? Oh, well, yeah. Over the Hostess Ho Hos. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, the chocolate's thinner. Um, the so it, it's just different. So what I ended up doing was purchasing a box of new Hostess Twinkies. This was for the Christmas show, so these are a month old. I don't know if they have a fresh buy date on them. This is best by December thirty first, two thousand and fourteen. So, so we're running close. So to yeah, this. we we need to make haste on this. So I got a box of tw- of ten Hostess Twinkies and ten Little Debbie Cloud Cakes. And the first thing I wanted to point out was, we always considered Little Debbie the the bastard stepchild of like baked goods. The redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Well, no, I don't caught into that redheaded business. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> I was once a redheaded child. <laughs> and I want to point out the net weight in the Little Debbie Cloud Cakes. That, the same number of cakes, mind you. Ten. Ten, ten each. And the Little Debbie Cloud Cakes comes in at 15.16 ounces. Almost a full pound. Whereas Hostess, the reigning leader in snack cakes in America, right? Right? They, they are the show. You know, if you're if you're... Dough and bread and and uh, whipped cream filling. You hope that you get to be made and assembled in a hostess plant. It, it's what snack cakes aspire to. It is. Net weight of the hostess Twinkies is thirteen point five eight ounces. Four hundred and thirty grams for Little Debbie. Three hundred eighty five grams for Hostess. And mind you, the hostess cost more. The Little Debbie cakes are like. 309 says it right on the box, and the hostess doesn't even say it on the box. But I remember it being 369 in the store. So you're paying more, you're getting less. <clears throat> and you're buying, uh, you're, so you're, you're, you're paying for the name of a company that is not the same company you had before. So the little Debbie says, uh, best sell by November 25th. So I must have picked that up right then. Yeah. So we're gonna get on the ball with these. So if the taste, we might have to do this again because uh, it looks like the deck is already stacked against Little Debbie <laughs> because she's not uh, she's not as fresh as the hostess. Are the hostess do indeed keep longer? And it's cold, so they're a little bit cold. Like a childproof thing on the box. The, the box is lacking instructions. Well, at least they're both equal cold. Now they they look more or less the same. Yeah, the little Debbie is a little taller, but the hostess is wider. I, I think that the hostess looks deceptively bigger because it's a little bit longer. A little shorter. Okay. So we're going to take a bite of uh, a Little Debbie Cloud Cake first. Well, I have to tell you're all excited at home. And when I open the Little Debbie Cloud Cake, I get that tangy golden cake smell. As with any tasting, the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to look at what you're about to consume. I would hope. You're going to... Make note of physical characteristics, the c- 
color, the weight. And then you're going to take a deep inhalation through your nose. Mm. That's actually a pretty good smell on the Little Debbie Cloud Cake. Hmm. I think the Little Debbie Cloud Cake smells a little more vanilla-y, a little, little more of that cakey smell. Yeah. Little Debbie's definitely stronger. I, I can definitely smell the cream filling on the on the cloud cake. Okay, so I'm going to break it apart. It's spongy. Which is kind of like swirling the wine in the glass. Yeah. You're going to take the wine, you're going to swirl it. You're going to mm-hmm. take the, the cloud cake, you're going to break it apart. You're going to make mental notes of how the cake sticks together and... So if you're playing along, you want to see how it breaks unevenly. I guess that's a good sign. Now, when you're taking a bite of these, there's really two bites. There's the bite off the end. Right. Which is probably going to have a little bit more cake in it. And it'll be, I think it's going to be a little more tangy because it doesn't have that uh, the filling. To offset all of the cake. Good balance. I think the uh, the filling goes most of the way to the end of the cake. Yeah, the little Debbie Cloud Cake seems to be filled pretty good. Wow. Although. Yeah, it's pretty fat. It's pretty fat. The Hostess is filled. It almost looks twice the volume of cream in it. You see that? Yes. I'm, I'm going to guess that the Twinkie, although it is slightly smaller, I'm going to guess it has more calories. I think it weighs less because they put so much more cream on it. I think the cake loses the battle there with the Twinkie. I think the cream really overpowers it. Well, the the filling seems more marshmallowy. Yeah, it does. Less creamy. Yeah, there's more body to the cream on the Twinkie than the Little Debbie. The Little Debbie is more like the classic Twinkie cream. Mm-hmm. It, and I think you're right with that. There's so much more body to the, the Twinkie cream. What do you got in the calories on that? Okay, so the hostess is saying serving size two. So you're going to have to cut their math in half. Um, calories per serving, 270. Wow, so they're coming at 135 calories per, whereas Little Debbie is at 150. Wow, so more. Yeah, 15 calories more per serving. That's significant. And calories from fat. Uh, I got four grams for the Little Debbie's Cloud Cake. Uh, okay, 4.5 grams uh, of saturated fat per serving and nine grams of fat per serving. Uh, so we cut that in half. Yeah, four uh, and a half. And four and a half and, and 2.75, something okay. like that. So this is four grams of fat and one from saturated. Okay, Obviously, so that's the cream. The uh, 
Yeah, the, the Twinkie has a lot more fat and a lot more saturated fat. Your total carbohydrates on that and sugars? Little Debbie's 28 and 17. Total carbs is 46 grams so and 33 from sugar. 24 and 16 and a half. So they're pretty really close. This is a 28 and 17. That's like 24 and 16 and a half. And it really seems that the the Twinkies it's it's the filling that's the big difference in it, and that's probably why it weighs less. Mm. Do you have a dry spot in that? Yes, this uh, the second bite. Um, Is it the hostess? The hostess. Well, uh, there was a little void in there, where it's almost all cake. Well, as you know, the hostess, the the these uh, bar style filled cakes they're injected with three points of injection because it's, it's really almost impossible to to do a single point all the way through i guess the cloud cake has the same pattern okay so that's a, that's interesting um i actually prefer the cloud cake absolutely um the cake is better the cream is more traditional twinkie type cream um, More creamy, less marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Not that I don't like marshmallows, obviously. I ate a year old peach. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I eat Twinkies, I don't want marshmallow. I want I want Twinkie cream. So this is going to be interesting when we have our uh, comparison with like the, the cupcakes and the ding dongs and the Swiss roll and ho hos in the future. Hopefully, we get more people like chiming in, seeing what they like, but. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. Um, cloud cakes for the win, and I know cloud cakes didn't cost me three dollars and nine cents. That's just what the retailers on there. But I do know the hostess cost three something real dollars. So definitely would not be picking those up again, <coughs> unless we're going to do another one of these taste tests. It's just a shame because I really like the ho- the hostess brand. Yeah, you know, you grew up with them. And it's really a shame what happened to the company. Victim of um, management trying to win versus labor. Oh, there's so much more going on. I mean, they were held by such a, a company that that had a, a, other holdings, other businesses. Yeah, they, they were mismanaged. Yeah, they the big company overall went belly up, and Hostess was just tied to that. Um, I think they were the only division of the company that was making money. And so they tried to cut profit or cut costs everywhere they can. You know, it just happens. I mean, if all of your investments are tanking, it doesn't matter if you have one good one or not. I mean, if it's not enough to to save your business, you you can cut costs all you want. It's just not going to help. <laughs> the so, bottom bottom line is a bottom line. Bottom, exactly, exactly. So yeah, okay, great. Cloud cakes, yay. Twinkies, meh. Twinkies, meh. Yeah, meh. I think that's what the kids all say. (laughs) (laughs) What the kids say these days, meh. (laughs) No, I think the kids have gone past that. (laughs) (laughs) Those kids are adults now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's just the the wannabe hipster adults that say meh. (laughs) You're very old. (laughs) Just get a t-shirt that says meh, prove how out of touch you are. Okay, so is there anything else you wanted to talk about this week? 
we got uh i'm gonna finish some production on the show this week um this weekend work on harold's beak fit uh cleo's features to her and then we in danger of having a show soon well you do need to finish the third flat yes. and put legs on all of them yeah well, and that's, that's two hours away in sandbags um, yeah i have to get some sandbags need sandbags harbor freight here i come at least it's rainy weather so i have reason to stock them yeah i need sandbags for the light kits anyways i mean because you know these light stands are super lightweight they really need sandbags on them to keep them in place so in case you decide to take the production outside and you're worried about the wind are you kidding? These things are so light. I'm worried about us like bumping into them. Okay. <laughs> they need to be weighed down for in here. And we need to get a heater here in the studio because it is cold as the dickens. You know, I'm comfortable. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt and a coat, but uh, I'm okay with this. Okay. And then hopefully for next week we'll have another song. I think it's time to to make a new intro and outro for for the show you need some 2015 sounds 2015 sound and uh i think ray is going to start supplying us with tracks for the end so if people like feel they want to listen to some like long outro track or something new that he's done that hopefully he'll have up on from his band on on itunes that'll be great (laughs) trying to talk him into to going more of the Publish your own stuff on iTunes, and you know you're too old for a record deal anyway. <laughs> but that's what the Desperate Mothers is all about. People that uh, aren't typically giving given the shot for success because we're not young and cool and hip and good looking anymore. By darn it, we're old. We know what we want to do, and we got to do it before it's too late. We're the Desperate Mothers. So with that. <laughs> The Death Brothers are going to be out for this week. Hopefully both of you guys can join us next week. And uh, if you want to shoot me an email, anything at DesperateMothers.net, or hit me up on Twitter at CJ Watson. So I'm CJ Watson for the Desperate Mothers. And I'm Jack Fisher. And uh, tune in again, please. <laughs> <laughs>